keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Oh my God, Jody, I am totally ready to Let's Get Radical. So, you're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar, and we have a fantastic show for you today. Um, I'm super psyched to talk about, to uh, one of my favorite boutique owners, Amelia Blakeman. Uh, she has a shop in Portland, Oregon, in the Alberta Arts District. And we're going to introduce you in a second, but um, first of all, we're just coming off a long weekend. Jody, how are you doing? Are you ready oh, to I'm- rock and roll here? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm ready to rock and roll, and I'm actually sitting here in the library parking lot stealing the Wi-Fi of um, the Sister Bay Public Library, because I'm still actually up north in Door County, Wisconsin, which is like the thumb of Wisconsin, and um, we have a summer home up here, and um, Wi-Fi is not easy to come by, so here I am in the parking lot. And, I love um, that. <laughs> I love that. Radical to the bone. <laughs> and, and it just shows you, I think, how business is done everywhere and anywhere, right? That um, <laughs> that that you don't have to be in an office to uh, do a radio show, that you could be in a parking lot of a library. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm actually, I've been in Maine for the last two and a half weeks, and I am just, like, loving it. It is so nice. It's, like, such a nice break from Brooklyn, where I'm usually... Uh, spend my time. So yeah, I love being a mobile virtual business. It's so great. So, um, so I'm really psyched to have Amelia on the show because like I said, she is literally the owner of one of my favorite shops in Portland. I literally have like maybe five dresses from her boutique. I'm wearing the spiked earrings that my brother got me from her boutique and, um, she's amazing. And so let me give you the proper introduction so you can uh, learn a little bit more about her. So Amelia Blakeman is an independent dressmaker and owner of the Portland Dress Boutique that goes simply by her first name, Amelia. After making and selling clothes as a side business for a decade, she quit her day job for good in 2013, we love those stories, and opened her store in Portland's Alberta Arts District. The show I'm sorry, the, sh- the store showcases clothing and jewelry made in the U.S. by independent female designers like herself with a focus on feminine and vintage-inspired designs. Amelia believes strongly that your clothes should fit you 
not the other way around, which is why most dresses come in plus sizes and all come with complimentary in-store tailoring. Amelia lives a five-minute bike ride from her shop with her husband, Josh, and their three senior rescue dogs, Scout, Bambi, and Mitzi. And I've met Bambi, and she's like the cutest little creature there is. (laughs) Hi, Amelia. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks for having me. So great that you're here. So, So can you talk, why don't you describe, and I know I just sort of did it, but in your, own, in your own words, how would you describe the actual store to people who've never heard of you? Um, so we have kind of an overall, a modern, but with a vintage kind of vibe for the clothing. Um, a lot of classic cuts, um, you know, like, like natural waists, a lot of use of darts, um, kind of styles that are, are really flattering to a wide range of body types. Um, we carry a number of independent designers um, as well as my own line. Um, everything in the store is made in the U.S. and then within that mostly in Portland. Um, and I tend to carry designers that I can have uh, some kind of personal relationship with just to you know, know what their story is and, and really know what goes into the making of the products. Yeah, and and your boutique is such a, an experience to walk into. It's really, you know, so carefully curated and has such um, unique products that it's just so fun to go in. And, um, you know, did you always want to open your own boutique? Has it always been a dream? It's something that I think I always, I always wanted to do, but for a really long time didn't, just didn't think was a, a reality, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like such a such a big undertaking that um, I think until I had worked in retail for a number of years, I didn't. I just didn't understand what how you did that. Um, yeah, and then once once I you know worked for a few different businesses for a lot of years, finally I was like, no, like normal people do this. Like I could do that too. Um, mm-hmm. And now you're yeah, celebrating your third year anniversary, right? Yes. Yeah, I can't believe it's been that long. It's it's that's, awesome. That's so exciting. So so as I understand it, so you and what we just read in your bio is that you spent a lot of time you were working full time and then you were on the side dressmaking. So how did you how, make the leap? Yeah. Um so I actually was I was on a on a vacation um just kind of talking about like you know, thinking about going back to work and kind of dreading that. And I just had a moment where I was like, if I'm going to work retail for the rest of my life, I should do it for myself. I should just, I should just jump in. Um, so I got home and just called a realtor to start, you know, start getting the ball rolling. And I think once there are other people involved in the process, um, you, you know, really get your act together because you're not, you can't procrastinate the same way that you might if you're the only one doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You're sort of held yeah. accountable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so just just jumped in, basically. <laughs> so, so what were some of the first steps you did? I mean, you what, first of all, I guess the question is, what were you doing? Were you working retail for somebody else and then sewing on the side? Yes. Yeah, I was um, working retail at a couple different places, um, and then you know, in, in whatever time I had left over was sewing and then wholesale selling my dresses to other stores. I see. And so were you, like, ever sleeping? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And so, you know, what what were some of the first steps? I mean, you said you called a realtor. Um, what were some of the first steps aside from that that you needed to take sort of mentally to get there, to say, okay, like, I'm doing this, I can do it. Um, how did you how did you sort of mentally and emotionally prepare? Yeah, um, so I had, just for my clothing line, I, you know, every few years would sort of rewrite my business plan to, to it reflect where I was at that time, just as things evolved. Um, And so I think already having done that a few times, it wasn't as daunting to sit down and sort of rewrite that with with the the vision of opening a store. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, going through the process of writing that, I think also brought up different things I needed to to think about. Like, you know, am I going to need employees? How soon am I going to need them? Um, You know, what kind of kind of fixtures do I actually need? And because I did pretty much all of it just myself or with the help of friends, um, it, it was a little bit of a process, but, um, yeah, just kind of taking things as they came, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned having a business plan. Is that something you started on, started working on while you were doing um, the retail gig? And, you know, how did you, what did that look like for you? Yeah, um, so I had been just kind of on and off taking different classes at the Portland Community College in their continuing education area mm-hmm. with a focus on, um, you know, apparel, manufacturing, branding, um, you know, how to write a business plan specifically for apparel-type businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, I kind of got to take the framework that I already had from that and then just just put in and develop the idea of it being a brick and mortar and not just a, uh, like a wholesale model. Mm-hmm. Right. So it had kind of evolved, right? You were doing wholesale or just, I'll say, I don't want to say sewing on the side, but actually producing sure. dresses on the side for other retailers. And then you took it to the next level. So in actuality, your business actually began before three years ago, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we opened our doors to the, the physical store three years ago. Mm-hmm. And so what was that like when you walked into the store for the first time when it was completed? Um, I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was really hard to believe that it was mine. Um, yeah. 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 And, it's, you know, it's funny. Just the other day I was looking back at, at some photos from when I first opened. And now, looking back, the store looks so bare and empty. Um, and at the time, like, I just was like, oh, it's so big. There's, like, all this stuff in it. And looking back now, I'm like, oh, it actually was pretty, like, pretty bare bones at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But. And, yeah, and so it's kind of amazing to see something grow. I mean, you know, the sort of the physical piece of it. Because, you know, like Jody said, you were, you were working on your business prior to opening the brick-and-mortar location. But then to actually see it in its physical form must be, like, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great to kind of see. I mean, even every day when I come in to to see, like, okay, this, like, this is the space that all of this work is for, and um, yeah, just being able to to see it really, really has an impact. And so, how did you um, pick the location? Because where you are is, you know, a pretty hip part of town. There's lots of shops, and um, you know, I think it's grown over the over the years. How did you decide on that location specifically in Portland? Yeah, um, 
So I, I, I gave myself about three months um, projected to choose a space, just, you know, looking at what's opening up and, and what could I afford. And I wanted a space that had um, an area I could use as my production studio mm-hmm. um, so that I wasn't doing all of the, all of the sewing from my home um, just to have a little bit of a separation of, of work and personal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and finding spaces that had, like, a, a good dedicated space that I could use that for actually um, narrowed it down pretty rapidly. Um, the space I'm in now, I mean, Liz, you've seen it, but it has the um, it has an upstairs mezzanine that's about half the size of the whole store. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's it's removed so that customers aren't always up there wandering around, but it's also open so that people can see, you know, this is where we actually... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it, it's definitely, you know, adds a whole, like, element to the store that you, it's like, you see, yeah, exactly what you said, you see what's sort of going on, you see things in production, and it's, it's, um, it's really cool. So, uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how you balance being a dressmaker yourself and running a boutique, um, but right now we're going to go take a short break. Great. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 7790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at let'sgetradical.org. 
Now, back to the show. So you're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm with Jody Paydar, and our guest today is Amelia Blakeman. Uh, but first, before we get back to our conversation, I just want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Avalara and Bill.com. And um, if you want to find us on Facebook, you can. We're on Facebook, Let's Get Radical. And you can always shoot us an email to say, hey, what's up, uh, at Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. So we're talking to Amelia Blakeman. She's a dressmaker, and she owns the boutique Amelia in Portland, Oregon. And um, she has her own line of dresses and also sells other U.S. female vintage-inspired um products or female you can't really have female products I mean female <laughs> female designers and um, I I personally love her store so we're talking about um, how her store came to be and since um, Amelia is a dressmaker we were talking about her studio which is also in the space of her shop and so Amelia I'm just curious you know as somebody that is a creator and you're also running a business, like, how do you balance the two? Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of an ongoing challenge to, to keep everything in balance. Um, it's, it's easy to, you know, get sidetracked doing just the day-to-day business stuff. Um, but one of the things that I, that I do is try to schedule myself um, to overlap with my staff. Mm-hmm. Um, not every day of the week. I'm, I'm here alone, uh, you know, about half the days. Um, but when they're here, I can step back from, you know, the store itself functions and just kind of sequester myself and, and work up there. Mm-hmm. Um, that way I'm still available if they need me, but I can, I can more or less just ignore the, the rest of the store for the day. Mm-hmm. And for and- those, oh, excuse me. I was going to say, do you like the business side of it or do you like the craft side of it better? Do you like actually making dresses better or do you like running the business side better? Um, I like parts of both of it. Um, I mean, there's definitely things that I, you know, I I don't love doing the bookkeeping side of things that much. Um, But I think that, you know, when I'm, if I'm not the person doing the bookkeeping, I had a bookkeeper for a while, um, it's really easy to lose touch with what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, I think with anything, you end up doing some of the stuff that you don't enjoy as much, but because it still has, it's still beneficial to be doing that and really be in touch with what's, what's going on. And so how many, how many staff members do you have right now? Um, I have one regular part-time person, and then I have one person who fills in sort of as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't have regularly scheduled days. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you're open a lot. Like I know yesterday you were open on the 4th because I follow you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're actually open every day. Um, wow. I mean, you know, some holidays, not, not counting. But uh, yeah, so I'm here five days a week and I overlap two of those with, with a staff person. Mm-hmm. And so what was it like hiring your first staff person? Did it feel natural or did it, was it sort of like, oh my gosh, I'm entrusting somebody else with my stuff? Like how does it, you know, like what was it like for yeah. you? 
Yeah, it um, it actually was a huge rush. Um, I I mean, actually ended up opening much sooner than I expected. Um, I thought it would take me longer to find a space to to move into, but once I signed a lease and started paying rent, I was like, well, it's gonna I'm gonna open as soon as I can, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just have an empty space. Um, but I had uh, a trip to Thailand already scheduled and happening. Um, my husband was gonna be over in that part of the world. Um, for work for a short time. And so, like, there's, you know, never, I don't know, if you have a reason to travel somewhere, I feel like it's, you should just take it. Um, right. So I had only been open about a month when I was going to be leaving for almost two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually just ended up um, hiring a, a friend of a friend um, to work here. And she was here for maybe a year and a half, I think. Um and then during that time, I ended up hiring the person who is here now, who I knew from a previous job as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you jumped right in, right? So <laughs> you not only hired someone, you, le- you, you left them with your entire store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I more or less was like, you know, as long as I come back and you haven't burnt the place down, I will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually think that's probably good because I think... T- too many times business owners think that they're the only one who can do it and that sometimes having that forced um, that forced external item to make you give up some of that control is probably a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, and I also think there was something, something nice about being um, far enough away that I actually couldn't really check up on things either. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You'd have let go, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what I'm interested also in hearing about is because you had mentioned uh, three years ago when you opened your store, it was you thought it was like sparse in terms of what you had, oh, yeah. um, and so how has how has your inventory changed over the last three years, and how do you go about um, ch- you know choosing and picking the people who get to um, sell in your store? Yeah, um, so I definitely. But, you know, from when I opened till now, I, I just have more inventory. Um, mm-hmm. Just, have, you know, added more racks and, you know, utilize the shelving a little bit more. Um, I'm mostly, I mostly handpick everyone that I carry. Um, the clothing is mostly local so that I can, can actually see it and, you know, see what the quality is like before I order it. Um, I kind of always have an eye on... Uh, like Facebook and Instagram, looking for new designers. Um, if there's a designer I like, I'll I'll then look at who they follow and who they mm-hmm. are interested in. Because um, I feel like most people, you know, if they're if they're in an industry like like jewelry or something, like they're going to know more about who's doing good work there than you know I am as a clothing designer. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to use that to to narrow down the focus and and find you know people that that aren't already in lots of stores here. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that a lot of uh, the clothes that you sell are actually functional because I remember one dress, yeah. it came in black and cream, I think, and you could put your cell phone in a little pocket oh, yeah. when you were like biking or something, which yeah. is perfect for Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I like, you know, I like clothes that aren't fussy. I feel like, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I wear dresses almost every day, but I also don't have, like, I can't have things that I can't work in, I can't bike in, I can't, you know, interact with my dogs with. Like, I need actual working right. everyday clothes. Right. 
Um, but I also think that doesn't mean they can't be pretty dresses at the same time. Right. And so for people that may not be familiar with your shop, what, you know, let's talk about some of the products you sell. You sell clothing, dresses, and it's really, it's all women, you know. Um, yeah. So clothing, um, perf- perfume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have perfume. We do some, some body care products like mm-hmm. uh, lipsticks. We actually carry um, a line of uh, natural deodorants, which is kind of a, mm-hmm. a funny thing but has, you know, it's hard to find those that actually work. Um, so we carry things like that. We do a lot of jewelry, actually. Um, and then some homewares, like candles or, or little decorative items. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised by what sells and what doesn't? Sometimes. Or does it all sell? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, uh, yeah, sometimes I am surprised. You know, I'll, occasionally I'll bring in something that I think is just amazing, and it, it won't sell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then other times I'll I'll take a chance on something that's not that I personally maybe wouldn't wear or wouldn't wouldn't be interested in, and it does super well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's kind of been a learning process to to make myself remember that I am not necessarily my target customer all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you sell online, but I it, is it true that most of your sales probably come from the brick-and-mortar store? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we, we find that a lot of people will sort of pre-shop the website mm-hmm. um, just to see if, if new stuff is, is in. So we do still try to maintain, you know, getting new stuff up there, but, but everything that's in the store is, is not on the website by any means. It's just mm-hmm. um, too much. <laughs> there is this amazing cuff on the website. I, I forget what it's called, but it's like the superhero cuff. It's like... Um, oh, do you know I mean, which one I'm talking about? I think so, yeah. It's, um, uh, I think it's called the vibrations cuff. It, it looks yeah. kind of like a sound wave. Yeah, it's shape. really, I've been eyeing that for ages. Yeah, it's beautiful yeah. stuff. So if, you know, if you want to, during our break, check out the, um, some of Amelia's stuff, you can go to, um, Amelia, helloamelia.com. So when we come back, we're going to talk, uh, Jody is going to open Amelia's financial underwear drawer, and we're going to take a peek inside of what it's like to actually um, run a business, and you're going to definitely want to stay tuned. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. 
It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit NewVisionCPAGroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold. And we're jumping into the segment, or my five favorite part of the show called Your Financial Underwear Drawer. We're also here with Amelia, who owns a little boutique in Oregon. And we're going to get into her financial underwear drawer. So I guess my first question is, and, and this is um, a shout out to one of our sponsors as well, is sales tax. So does Oregon have a sales tax? And how have you dealt with the sales tax in Oregon? We do not have sales tax. Woohoo! Which is fantastic, yeah. <laughs> so... Well, that was actually a trick question because I knew that, right? Because um, <laughs> no, because there are certain states that don't have sales tax. So how awesome for you to not have to deal with that compliance issue. Yeah, um, it's, so it's Oregon fantastic. does have a pretty um, hefty other tax, income tax, et cetera. So um, the other piece of it then is what, I guess, if you didn't have sales tax, which is the immediate thing that I think of when I think of retail and one of the harder things to deal with in the business aspect, what do you think was your big, biggest business challenge from, I'll say, a compliance or um, a back office piece that you had to learn to deal with as being a, a small business owner? Um. I think initially getting accustomed to payroll was a challenge, but but maybe actually just more of a, a mental hurdle than anything. I mean, you work with a payroll company, and it's actually pretty easy once you get it going. Um, but I think for a long time that that seemed really daunting. Um, right. And I I probably put it off a little bit longer than I should have. Um. Yeah, doing doing the bookkeeping, like keeping up you know, QuickBooks stuff inventory. Um, I think that has been one of the, the bigger challenges for me. So I would, I, I think that's common too, right? In people who have um, retail stores is inventory and all the SKU, and you don't, and not to say that you don't have that many SKUs, but you have how many SKUs to deal with um, versus, you know, a major retailer. But it, it gets daunting, right? And it, it gets, um and do you use some sort of specific 
POS system to take care of it all, or are you still doing more of a, a manual um, inventory adjustment? Um, kind of a kind of a combination of both. Um, so we use Square just as our our point of sale. Um, I initially started using it just because it was the, the easiest, like, lowest barrier to entry when I first opened. And then since then have looked at a number of other point-of-sale systems and just haven't felt like they're, they have the things that I need and are also worth the cost and the effort of transferring over. Um, so Square, I think, technically can track inventory, but you still have to manually transfer your sales file into QuickBooks. Um, on whatever you know, weekly, monthly basis that you that you want to do it. Wow, and I, I mean, I think that's I think that's common, right? As you start with kind of the lowest common denominator to get up and running, and then as you start to build your business, you see um, a lot of the POSs or a lot of other softwares that you're starting to use don't work exactly the way you work, and so then it becomes that decision is is the way we're doing it good enough or should we switch to maybe a little bit different system but it's still not going to give us everything that ideally we would want yeah Um, exactly now do you actually purchase your stuff outright from your designers or do you work in like a consignment type of uh, way with them as well yeah I actually do some of both which um, has has its own complications of you know not just doing one or the other um, we'll sometimes do consignment for uh, if we're trying something out that's new. Um, some of the designers we work with seem to prefer consignment for some reason, so we yeah do a combination. Right, and that I mean consignment then it opens its whole other can of worms as far as accounting for things that are on a consignment basis as well. So um, what's interesting to me, and, and and it's not just you, but a lot of the small boutiques actually have. Um, a lot more complicated accounting and business needs than some of the bigger places because they do things a little bit more unique. So to me that, I mean, it's kind of exciting, right? Because that's like what I like to jump into (laughs) because like that's the CPA in me. But it also, I think, brings to light that a lot of small business owners have to learn multiple languages or um, new ways of doing things that aren't necessarily straightforward when they, when they open a, a retail store or, um, or even dressmaking, right? Even doing things um, that, that aren't necessarily into just dressmaking, right? Or sewing or your actual trade, right? So you've had yeah. to learn all new things. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that enjoyable or were you like sort of kicking and screaming having to learn all of that stuff um it's it's been some of both um, <laughs> yeah 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 we it's our bookkeeping I think finally like all of that back end stuff has finally kind of settled down and we've got you know got our established systems but for a while there we were switching back and forth often enough that it just kept I think we had to fully recreate our QuickBooks file two or three times in the first year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my! They ju- yeah, it just got destroyed. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's nice that things are stable now. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think that's that's 
um, one of the things, so I guess lesson learned, like looking back, if you had advice for a new boutique owner or a new small business owner, what is one of the things that, that you learned, kind of the lesson of hard knocks that you would want to share with them to think about um, as they get started? Yeah, um, I would not make it overly complicated. Um, I think that we put in, like, we have all of our inventory items as separate discrete items, mm-hmm. um, whereas, you know, we could easily just have been like, okay, we have this bracelet, and it comes in lots of different colors, but, you know, it, we don't record the colors. Um, but I, I initially set it up super super complicated, um, thinking that the, the reports would give me more insight into, into what was selling, what was doing well. Um, but being in the store every day, like, I see that and I know that. I don't necessarily need a program to tell me what's selling and what's left on the shelf. I don't know if that made sense. But right. will that change, do you think, moving forward? I mean, at some point, do you feel like maybe you'll be a little less in the store or maybe doing other types of business development or, you know, whatever? Um, you know, like, do you think that will change in the future? Yeah, I I think eventually, um, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to be, be here a lot for a while still. Um, I am hoping to focus more on um, doing more of the, the selling the business end of things. So one of the things that I think is interesting is that um, it's the data organization and the how data gets organized. Um, and when you're really small, how what's important to you is very different than as you grow. And to think about that when you are setting up your systems and processes to be at the right level of data for the right time. Yeah. And so, so that, I mean, I think that's essentially kind of what you said was that is like you thought you needed all this extra data and yet you intuitively know it because you're around the store but yet um, as you grow you might need a system that tracks that data but when you were first starting that was actually kind of overkill for what you needed to just get up and running and moving and um, and I and I think that's really important for small business owners to think about and to learn is is that um, as they grow their systems and processes can grow with them that you don't necessarily have to jump off into like the deep end first. And then it's more important to just get um, accurate than necessarily detailed and accurate, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely agree with that. So what is, um, what is something that you would, uh, aside from the accounting what is something that you would do differently as far as, I guess, from actually running the store differently um, as far as, like, maybe dealing with your buyers or uh, dealing with actually sewing or something like that? What What would be something that would be a lesson learned from that perspective? Um, I think probably try, giving more responsibilities to staff people sooner. Um I mean, up until pretty recently, I was pretty much doing everything. 
um, you know, like we'd get an order in and I would be the one who, you know, would, would receive it, would put it, put the new SKUs into the POS, um, you know, tracking consignment, totaling things up, all of that kind of thing. Um, and now that I've actually given more of those responsibilities to my employees, um, I realize I did not need to be doing all of that myself the whole time. You know, those are those are things that they can definitely handle, and my time and energy is, can be better spent doing something else. So delegation. So yeah. I think that's a good lesson to learn too. So one of um, one of the things that we had talked to about before break was kind of your online presence, and um, I guess. I was interested to learn more about how social media um, helps with your sales in store and how you've kind of used social media to kind of um, develop more sales uh, or in store. Yeah. um, So we'll definitely notice that um, we get more tangible results from Instagram than Facebook these days. Um, I, I think, I don't know if that's related to, you know, pe- more people using Instagram more frequently or if it has to do with, you know, the change in, in Facebook's algorithm. Um, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll post a picture of, say, something new, and in the next day or two we'll often get, get someone coming in asking for that particular thing. Um, wow. Yeah, which <laughs> That's which a direct me, correlation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've bought dresses that way. I feel like you've posted things or, you know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's so nice. I need that, you know. And then, you know, you write a comment and Amelia, you know, gets back to you and it's practically sold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's nice to, to have that kind of tangible result now. I think when we first opened, um, you know, we just didn't have as, as much of an audience then. Um, but it's social media can sometimes feel like just screaming into the wind. And it's it's nice to know that there's, I don't know, that your energy is is producing something. And it took you a little bit of time to kind of build that up, but now you actually see the tangible results. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, Facebook less so, but um, we did recently kind of realize that if you if you do boost the posts, that that actually works, um, mm-hmm. which sounds obvious, but. Mm-hmm. I think we were resistant to it at first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're trying new things. and I mean, I, and also Instagram is such a picture, a photo-focused platform, you know, yeah. um, you know, where I feel like you can use hashtags in a better way and um, get, fo- you know, I think it's, it's just a different arena to put your, to put your um, products out there. So, yeah. So this has been all so exciting to have this little deep dive into your financial underwear drawer. Um, But we actually have to take a break. So when we come back, we'll uh, find out how we can all get in touch with Amelia. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. 
We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's one 866 You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. We've been talking to Amelia Blakeman, who owns the boutique Amelia in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's been really cool to talk with her and get an idea of what is sort of goes behind the scenes um, of a of a boutique. Um, and so, Amelia, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, your customer experience? And I, and I want to talk about this because, you know, your store, you know, because you've decided to sort of focus more of your energy on the brick-and-mortar store as opposed to online. And, and it makes sense because when you walk in, it's sort of a full-bodied experience. It's like, you know, there's a lot to see. There's, like, great, um, you know, product, like, uh, perfumes. And, like, you know, there's there's a lot going on. And so I also think, you know, that that matters, you know, for a sh- for a certain type of shopper, you know. So, can you talk to us about how you sort of create that vibe? Yeah, um, I mean, so we we do focus a lot on customer service, um, you know, wanting people to really feel feel happy and connected to the products. Um, for the clothing specifically, um, buying clothing can be such a an anxious experience for a lot of women, mm-hmm. um, just like that dressing room moment. Um, and we actually spend a lot of time, you know, really wanting to make sure that people feel good about themselves and their bodies in the clothes that they get, um, which is one of the reasons that we include tailoring 
because um, none of us are the you know exactly the shape off the rack as most clothing, and you know for for better or for worse, I think that a lot of people judge themselves based on how the clothes fit rather than realizing like you know this, this dress was made for an average body type, and most of us are not average. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just really trying to, to I don't know meet people where they are and and take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, don't you have vintage shoes in some of the dressing rooms so you can, like, try on yeah. shoes? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not imagining that. That, that actually exists. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. We, we have um, a handful of pairs in, in both the dressing rooms. Um, I, I didn't actually have them in when I first opened and then realized that I kept hearing people saying, like, oh, I'm not wearing the right shoes or, you know, that you come in wearing sneakers or something. And um, I think it just kind of helps, helps to have that that experience of um, helping someone play dress up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you also have parties, you know, you have events, right. Where, you know, people yeah. can come and meet design where, you know, there's like, um, I'm, I'm totally blanking on the word where people can meet designers or, you know, like there's celebrations. Trunk yes. Trunk shows. Right. Exactly. And, you know, you have special things going on, um, which I think, because I remember seeing a lot of that stuff on, on Instagram. And when I was living in Portland, Oregon, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, Amelia is having a trunk sale. I'm going over there, <laughs> you know. I yeah. mean, and that, that was great, you know, because um, it's a real localized feel. But also people who are following you from other places can still be a part of it, you know. Um, yeah. So, so what's next for you? Like three years, the brick-and-mortar store. What what do you see in, in the future of Amelia? Um, I'm really hoping to increase the amount of clothing in the store that is made by me or, or by a helper mm-hmm. um, with the possibly the eventual goal of returning to doing some wholesale. Um, I, I more or less quit selling to other stores at all when I opened, and I'd like to like to have a little bit of my work out in the world in other stores um, just so people can learn about the brand. And then, you know, that will hopefully kind of bring them back to this store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so do you have plans in place to allow that to happen? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the process of talking with um, some contract sewers about having them, you know, some of my tried and true patterns, I could have them cut and sew. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still pricing that out the... It actually would be less expensive if I just paid someone to work more days in the store and then I did more of the sewing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, again, I only have so much time that can be spent doing only sewing and not managing the store. So mm-hmm. trying to, yeah, balance, work out the, the price versus time. Is there a that. certain direction you want to go with your dressmaking? Um... It'd be nice to, to be able to do a little bit more eclectic work and, and still have the, you know, the basic everyday dresses keep, keep going strong, but then, you know, have room to experiment a little bit more. Um, I get to do some of that when I do fashion shows, um, and that's, that's kind of fun just to, like, flex the creative muscles a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because what else, do you, you, what else do you create? Do you do um, lingerie? Am I totally... I, yeah, I've done some lingerie. I do dabble in doing swimwear some, but not. Yeah. I don't really like produce actual size runs of it. Okay, gotcha. Um, and you have a you are participating in a in a fashion show 
right? Coming up soon? I am, yeah. Yeah, um, July 17th, I'm going to be showing in the Alley 33 fashion show. Um, this is its fifth year, I want to say. Um, and it's, a, it's an outdoor fashion show down in southeast Portland. They build an elevated runway in an alley on wow. 3rd Avenue. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really fun, really fun show. It's all local designers. Um, and they're, they're really good at showing a lot of emerging designers as well as established ones. Wow, that's fantastic. Um, and so, so, Amelia, if people want to get to follow you on Instagram, you know, reach you, how, how can they do that? Yeah, so our, our Instagram is HelloAmeliaPDX. Um, and actually, our, our website, HelloAmelia.com, obviously has links to all of those things um, and also has our blog on it where we, we post about events, interviews with designers, um, new arrivals to the store, that kind of thing. Okay, great. Well, Amelia, thank you so much for joining us today. It was fantastic to have you here. Yeah, thank and you so much for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah this it, has been fabulous. I love the whole um, uh, shop local, like... Uh, feel to this episode and and I love the way um, there's so much to learn from uh, small business owners so it's been really informative and maybe if we take our show on the road you know and have a van that says let's get radical we're going to stop at Amelia's and <laughs> do like a little shopping spree I don't know how we would do that when we're on the radio but we'll figure it out we'll you know <laughs> maybe we'll do like a little video clip but um thank you so much to everybody for listening um I'm your Liz Gold and I'm with Jody Padar and you've been listening to Let's Get Radical you can get in touch with us on Facebook um we're on there Let's Get Radical and also feel free to drop us an email if you have any ideas of people you think we should interview or you have a comment or feedback or questions about any show um that's jody and liz at letsgetradical.org and you can find us on itunes and stitcher or our shows are on demand and we will see you next week so much for tuning in to let's get radical please join liz gold and jody paydar again next tuesday morning at 8 a.m pacific time 11 a.m eastern time on the voice america business channel this week it's time for you to get radical Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com.